Hello there. Welcome to the Let's See It Sure podcast. I'm your host, Deck, and I'm joined by Claudia and Key. On today's episode, we've seen Hot Fuzz. Tell me, guys, what's Hot Fuzz about? Okay. The silence in the room <laughs> is intense. We've just watched it. Okay. It's recent, recent enough memory. Come on, what is Hot Fuzz about? What is the general synopsis of the film? Okay, oh... Uh... For me, I think Hot Fuzz as a film combines a couple of different mediums. You get American action cop uh, film. You get a whodunit thriller mixed in. And then you inject a bit of British comedy humor into it as well. And I think Edgar Wright meshes those three different types of films quite well into one. So yes, Hot Fuzz is directed by Edgar Wright, who also directed Shaun of the Dead and The World's End. And Baby Driver. Half Us is the second film in the Cornetto trilogy. Um, but the trilogy doesn't really connect. So Half Us is kind of an easy entry point or just watch along kind of a film. You don't really need to know the rest of the uh, the stories of the other Cornetto films. Um, but why is it called the Cornetto trilogy? Anyone, any guesses? It's the ice cream. The ice cream, yeah. You, what you want in a shop? Cornetto. Of course, of course. Any other pointers on the story, I suppose? Is there any major twists, turns? Or is it just kind of a run-of-the-mill action comedy of the mid-2000s? Hot Fuzz was released in 2007, so... There would have been a lot of cheesy American action films released just before it that... I believe it is clearly parroting. I think using the whodunit aspect keeps it a bit more fresh. Because... Uh, on top of the action comedy, you do get these things a set tone, so that be how characters are lish, how they, they do their delivery, the kind of general atmosphere changes you get when certain characters are introduced or acting on screen, which wouldn't quite be in the action cop genre, I think, but more in the whodunit thriller. Definitely, definitely. Of course, the cast is listed by Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Um, Simon Pegg, of course, co-wrote the script as well with Edgar Wright. But the supporting cast is a, a list of English, Scottish, Welsh, Northern Ireland character actors. Um, Jim Broadbent, Timothy Dalton, uh, Edward Woodward. Uh, there's quite a, a good list. And even further to that supporting cast, there's a couple of familiar faces in Paddy Constantine and Olivia Coleman. Uh, well, like that, it is a an action comedy that is very clearly inspired by the American action films. But with a massive English crime twist put into it. The pride of the, the village. So the the idea is that this amazing sergeant of the Metropolitan Police named Nicholas Angel is too good at his job. And he's sent to a, a very proper English village that has won the village of the year for at least 20 years, I believe they reference in it. So it's a, quite an easy job for Nicholas Angel. So he thinks, but... A couple of disappearances, a couple of raised eyebrows and the, the neighbourhood watch are, well, they're watching over the town and there's a bit of a suspicion about all the, all of them. A couple of uh, very grotesque murders. Um, or are they murders or are they just accidents? Um, 
happen and Nicholas Angel is quite convinced of what is happening who are the the, the culprits um, of, of these murders or accidents should we say so the film obviously tracks that down he's met with a, a fantastic partner um, played by Nick Frost named Danny Butterman uh, two of them don't see eye to eye at the start Butterman uh, Frost's character believes that being a cop in a big city like London is gunfights and car chases. Um, but it's 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 really just paperwork, isn't it? It's just, well, finding the swan that has gone missing in the village uh, or on the run in the village. And just filling in paperwork, really. But But is it about the paperwork? Because when you think about it, essentially you have Angel, a policeman from a big city, arriving on his white horse like a knight in the shining armour from city of London to save Sandford and of course the swan playing the vital part um, of the movie as well no definitely definitely and with that I think there's so many foreshadowing jokes in this film that the swan of course is kind of introduced quite early on in the film it's on Angel's first full day as a cop in uh, Sandford um, and it's of course a, a massive reference towards the end of how important vital that swan plays to I suppose save the day in a way um, so yeah what is good about Hot Fuzz or what's bad what what does it do uh, what do we like what do we dislike about Hot Fuzz for for a general audience is there is there anything to kind of say about it uh, I think one thing that we all quite enjoyed is both the visual comedy and the tight editing as part of his storytelling. Yeah, I actually have to agree with you here. The The editing was outstanding. I can just sum it up by saying it was art. Um, I can't fault, I haven't found any faults with it. It's 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 fast paced when it needs to be. It's, it's giving you emotional moments. And of course, we have the love story of Danny and an angel as well, which kind of ties in quite nicely with the editing as well as the story of the movie. So definitely that would be my, my best, uh, my best part about it that of, I observed. Of course, of course. I think what Hot Fuzz does very well is the, the visual storytelling and the comedy the quick cuts of the edit you know it's played for laughs but it's so well done technically as well that you just have to admire and i think the more and more you watch it you are going to pick up those little details each time as well you're going to notice those little foreshadowings that do come back uh one bit in particular i do think it does very well in reference back to the paperwork is whenever they do the paperwork it's just this quick cut, a layer upon layer of shots, and the music is just bombastic. It's like the most exciting part of the whole film, really. And this is a film filled with gunfights and car chases um, and non-stop laughter of comedy. But that editing is so sharp, and of course we've come accustomed to it in Edgar Wright's films anyway, but I think this is definitely one of his stronger points in his films with Hot Fuzz where he just manages that perfect balance of the visual storytelling and the quick cut editing uh, to get the point across. Yeah, I think even his editing in action scenes such as a pursuit or a gunfight, he helps keep it very dynamic because if you really taught to zoom back from what's going on, it's just 
usually people running around in a rural English town, which you wouldn't natively think is interesting and threatening. But Edgar Wright, through his cutting, changing camera angles, kind of uh, bouncing around the scene in that way, it keeps it all more tense than you would assume if it was something that was less tight. We also need to give credit here to all of the outstanding actors that were um, in it. So it's not only the editing that helped deliver that, but it was also the the acting. I mean, come on, Timothy Dalton having his last 007 moment when it's not James Bond movie. You know, it's definitely bringing a bit of a nostalgic moment for me being a big uh, Timothy Dalton fan as well. So him having the opportunity of doing that again in a kind of action comedy um, as well was quite fun to see. Definitely. I think there's moments where the editing and the the action that we're seeing on screen is amazing, but to put the pieces in place of the actors, it's it's definitely helping. There's those dramatic close-ups. There's those facial expressions. There's the physical movement of, of each of them. Um, I, I think there's... One scene in particular quite early on of of one of the chases where it's just they're running down these back alleys of housing estates and it is just this long shot of like running towards the camera. And I mean, these are kind of things you would see in TV these days or, you know, American uh, films and TV where it's just this quick, oh, there's a chase, there's a chase, but like takes place through back gardens over garden fences and things like that and it's just how can you make something so small that i even believe that scene only lasts maybe 30 40 seconds at best but there's at least 10 15 cuts and it just flows so well but the energy of the actors in those scenes you can't help but get infectious from the the engagement of it um would you argue that this is one of the most kind of memorable scenes or those kind of action scenes uh, in the movie I think those action scenes are outstanding but they're building towards that finale that finale is really where everything just comes together perfectly you have so many wonderful action scenes where it's just like oh you're introduced to how well this editing and action can be portrayed on screen and the exciting life of cops and with these Chases officers. and uh, officers. Officers, yes. Um, policeman officers. Policeman officers. Policeman of officers. Of course, <laughs> policeman officers, yes. But it's kind of the idea that these these action scenes are building and building and building and you're kind of like, oh, I'm introduced to the world quite quite strongly here. Do you know, it's, a, it, it's, it's you know, you're, you're hooked, but you're getting that payoff towards the end of that, you know, how big can you go in an action film like this? And I think half was his finale of its last 20, 30 minutes or so. It's final action set pieces. Dare I say one of the strongest in cinema of the last 20, 30 years even. But even at that, um, obviously every movie, every story draws from something else. So I suppose Dick here asking for a little bit of your knowledge uh, and to share it um, with us as well. Where, Where is the inspiration coming from? I think it's kind of coming from all those early 2000 action films. It's heavily referencing Point Blank, Bad Boys. Uh, now, Point Blank was obviously 90s and things like that, but there's, there's that aspect of even maybe references of the Heat Shootout directed by Michael Mann 
uh, just with the gunplay and things like that. And there's definitely a bit of a reference to John Woo as well with the uh, the dual pistols. Um, so there's there's a couple of action references in there, but I I think it's kind of a mix of all those genres. It's not oh we're just sticking to one set of a film. We're we're kind of mixing this around with a couple of different nods and winks and things like that. Like you even get before the final act scene the big armory suit up scene for your main hero which you would have seen before uh so there's like the matrix and your guns lots of guns you'd have probably some arnold schwarzenegger films like before the final confrontation about like uh the hero puts on all these weapons just to get ready for the big big firefight definitely definitely i think it's the way it's it's aiming for that scene of kind of like we've had all of these references now let's pay it off in our own way or it's that little winking and odd of like it's not a piss take it's not a you know it's doomed for the jokes and the laugh it's clearly a a nice homage to all of these action films in the action genre um and try maybe not reinventing the wheel but definitely bringing a fresh take to it anyway that's for sure well considering that it is a style of movie that we would normally associate with america that is being brought to Europe and UK and of course you have all of these actors as well is a fresh take on something that we would have seen before so I think from that perspective it was quite interesting to see how we do it here in Europe or how what are the possibilities here you know definitely I think looking at you're having these old old is such a harsh word to maybe say elderly English character experienced experienced English character actors Involved in this insane shootout of the village um, in our finale, and it's it's so bewildering that you wouldn't get that anywhere else, uh, you know. And I, I dare I say I don't think we've had many instances of it since in a in any film or TV since. And of course, what we learned is um, if you run out of ideas in terms of trapping a villain, there's always the most dangerous weapon of all time: a shopping trolley. Yes, definitely the uh, the raid on the supermarket. Uh, how do you how do you breach two butchers with a shitload of cutlery, as the film quotes uh, itself, using a line from the the film. How do you breach? Which I think that glass must have been bulletproof because they fired a lot of rounds at that glass and they didn't pierce. So of course you would use shopping trolleys. I wonder was a a pound coin used to. To lodge all of those shopping trolleys out so they could breach into the at the two butchers. I uh, they I think they might have taken all of those coins from the swearing jar they had. Yes, yes. There's a lot of there's a lot of swearing towards the end when dare I say the the poo has hit the fan. Where is that swear jar? Jar. <laughs> we need to get one for him. <laughs> that both of you have seen that movie before um do have you kind of taken anything else out of it seeing it again was it fresh in your in your in your head seeing it or is it just like kind of different experience is it same experience do you have different takeaways from it uh i think a lot of people they'll remember the big action set pieces but the overall flow of the story i think for me i found it a bit 
it uh, different. I had remembered it as maybe being slower than it was, but watch you through going through the whole who done a storyline about suspecting this person, how they're planting doubt for different character stuff along the way. I had thought it was slower just because I remembered the really fast paced action and edited scenes, but actually watching it again, I think it actually holds up quite well and definitely does flow quite good for that movie's runtime. And if I can jump here very quickly as well, um, with those breaks or slower um, parts of the movie, both of the boys here were playing a, a game, Let's Spot a Cameo. So maybe you want to share that? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. The, the film is filled with cameos, uh, tr- famous cameos, of course. There's a lot of smaller named actors at the time that would have appeared. Of course, we know... Steve Coogan, Martin Freeman and Bill Knightley are, are introduced quite early. They have quite small parts as the the higher-ups of the London Metropolitan Police. But also we, we see in the opening montage that our main character, Nicholas Angel, was stabbed by somebody dressed as Santa Claus. Was Who played would by that be? Peter Jackson, dire- uh, who directed, of course, the Lord of the Ring films and the uh, the less good Hobbit films, uh, to put it that way. But... We also learn that Nicholas Angel has a an ex girlfriend that he's he's in the process of breaking up with, and uh, she's played by Kate Blanchett, um, who, funny enough, everyone's always kind of go, oh, I never knew she was in the film, but I'm the minute she takes off her goggles, she's she's quite covered up in the film where it's it's you don't see her full face and full shot, but when she takes off her goggles, I think she's a very striking pair of eyes that I spotted straight away. But I don't think a lot of general audiences or, or anyone watching the film might have gone, is that, I recognise those eyes from somewhere. Maybe it was just, a, I may have watched something with her just beforehand uh, when I saw the film originally. But I was like, oh, that's Kate Blanchett's eyes. And uh, I was like, there's no way it's Kate Blanchett. Surely she has a bigger part. I have a feeling someone maybe told her that uh, she couldn't act with only using her eyes. And she took that on. So, what is there anything we found that the film was missing that we didn't like? Is there any downfall of the film? From my perspective, unless you've previously enjoyed action comedies, it might not necessarily be a movie you're gonna just randomly pick out um, from the streaming services. I mean, considering how I ended up watching this movie is because both of you recommended it. I know in 21st century, I'm the one who hasn't seen Hot Fuzz. Uh, but I honestly would recommend it, um, I feel. So don't be shy. It's okay to watch action comedy if you're a woman. <laughs> No, I, I think Hot Fuzz is definitely very approachable. Uh, you know, it, it's even the way the poster is kind of done for that's this over-the-top action film kind of a feeling. But, I mean, if, if you're familiar with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost's work, you you know what's going to be a bit of a comedy. It's not going to be this drowry kind of, you know, or it's not going to be a cheesy Michael Bay-style action film like Bad Boys 2. 
Yeah, I think it has a fairly broad range of appeal. So for people not not that much into the genre, it is well acted, funny, uh, tense when it needs to be as well. So people will always enjoy the film and won't really bring anything down that way. And then for people that know the genre, there's so many references to action films like Bad Boys 2, Point Break. And even during the movie, you have that Nick Frost's character outlines a list of all these things that he asks Angel, has he done? Like, have you uh, jumped through the air while firing two guns? Have you shot your gun in a high-speed pursuit? Well, one of the issues I've always had with Hoff was is it's pacing in the middle. Even with the, the sharp editing of, of Edgar Wright's films, I always, not that you can maybe cut any few minutes out of it, but it's it's definitely adding those extra layers. It's setting itself up. You're, you're, you're you know, you're, it's pushing itself along. There, there's, you know, there's a murder at the church. There's a, there's an accident at the church. There's an accident at the flower shop. Things like that, where I'm kind of like, you, you know, that big action set piece is coming, right? And you're, you're kind of thinking, do I need these scenes? Do I really need these scenes? Do I need all of this? You know, Timothy Dalton must have committed all of these accidents kind of scenes. But I think how well it's acted and how well it's written, how sharp the writing is, I think gets it along so, so well. You may have put a film like this in somebody else's hands. I don't know would you get away with some of these scenes. And not that maybe people would check out halfway through the film, but they might go just, "Mm, this is kind of getting a bit slow, isn't it? Or... Oh, I'm kind of. I get the point of all of these quick edits and the jokes and things like that. Yeah, I think when he brought in the whodunit genre, that unfortunately means there's a minimum amount of story has to happen throughout the film, and so you're kind of just visiting these things slowly, building up the suspicion of Timothy Dawson's character. Dalton's character, like honestly, he has uh, so many scenes where he does something that's a bit suspicious. You could have had half as many scenes with Timothy Dalton and still suspected him as a character he he's definitely playing that like cheeky smile nearly a pantomime kind of villain at times and he's of course got a moustache in the film where all it's missing is those little whiskers of the moustache out that he could twirl but no I definitely think Timothy Dalton is having maybe the most fun out of the whole cast um for, for his little part. He's just having just... He seems to have a permanent smile on his face while he's playing this part, but... Uh, but you have to admit, that's Timothy Dalton in a nutshell. Yes. No, definitely. He's taking these parts on where I'm kind of like, yeah, he's he must be doing this for the fun, right? I mean, you, you just gotta like... He's been Bond. Might as well be the other side. Yeah, you know, you've, you've been the world's greatest hero. You might as well be, well... An English village's worst villain, <laughs> um, you know. So yeah, yeah, good, good. Just a bit of trivia with Hot Fuzz that I'm taking from the IMDb page. So one of them is Nick Frost only agreed to do the film if you could get the name his character. He was also asked to watch over twenty action films to warm up for the role. He only watched one. Bad Boys 2 which to his character with his love of Bad Boys 2 I can definitely see it I can definitely see the um, the appeal coming through 
something that we were discussing earlier on about the there's there's a hint of a love interest you know between uh, for for Nicholas Agel. Funny enough, the first draft of the script included a love interest for him named Victoria. She was of course cut from the script, but a good amount of her dialogue was given to Nick Frost's character Danny Butterman without any changes. And now knowing that and thinking back to the film, there is definitely moments where there is a bit of... A bit of a rom-com feel to it. Yeah, there's a, there's a bit of a buddy cop love between the two guys. Taking there. bromance to a new level. Yes. Kate Blanchett asked to be in the film because of her fondness of Shaun of the Dead. So, I mean, how could you re- re- refuse an actor of Kate Blanchett's calibre to be in a film called Hot Fuzz? Can you? Would you say no? I mean, she's asking to be in the film. Sure, like, I mean, there's got to be a part for her, like, so. So the part she ends up getting is examining crime scenes and being an ex-lover of the main character. Yes, yes. I, You can see how the scene is also geared that she's wearing the full CSI gear and there's so little of her that you see. So it is a scene that she gets to act in. But it doesn't take the general audience out of the film by saying, Is that Kate Blanchett? I mean, it is pretty obvious it's her. <laughs> Was it obvious when you first saw it, though? Yes. Really? Yes. Yeah. Good, good. I don't know, there's just that striking feeling about Kate Blanchett's eyes where I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> on to the ratings of the film what is our final ratings of hot fuzz so our rating system here is on a tier of one two three bottom tier is don't see it might not be for you we might go yeah you know it wasn't great it was forgettable or could it be just downright awful our next tear up is quite a middle-ish tear where it's maybe see it you know, had fun with it. Might not have been my normal genre. Might have just been, ah, you know, I'm glad I saw it. Would I recommend it to others? I don't know. Maybe you could see it. And our top rating is see it. Of course you got to see it. It's a masterpiece. You know, couldn't re- recommend it higher. We won't be friends. We won't be work colleagues unless you've seen this film. Now, with Hot Fuzz, I mean... We're convincing you to maybe see... Well, I'm convincing you to see Hot Fuzz. It is one of my favourite films. And no matter whenever I put it on or sit down to watch it, I'm always kind of going, this just puts a smile on my face. Even though I've seen it so many times where I know the jokes are coming up, I know all the foreshadowing, I'm not shocked or surprised. Uh, I might notice a small little detail here and there, but it's just one of those films where I've watched so many times where just brings joy so my rating is see it for that reason alone where it's just a tremendous fun action film with a touch of comedy what is your ratings guys i think for myself i think it's easy to see it because it's probably one of my favorite edgar wright films when thinking of dash overall story mix of genres might necessarily be something i really like but when it's edgar wright you know it's always going to be delivered well enjoyable and in a memorable fashion so i think it's i see it because as i said before 
it's done so well even if you're not quite into it you'll still enjoy it and if you do like the genres and getting some of those easter eggs and references to other films you'll really enjoy the approach of it you can tell it was written from a fan's perspective and now would you say it's Edgar Wright's best film I think so far yeah I think of the ones I've seen it's usually if I say that to pick one to watch I picked that like of the Cornelia trilogy I enjoyed it the most what's your rating review well considering that I might have been hiding under the rock since 2007 and I never seen this movie before um, and the fact that it is completely out of my preferred um, genre I want to say maybe see it it's going to surprise you maybe see it much more to that what's stopping you from putting on see it I think it depends what you're looking for. Um, again, if you're scrolling through streaming services, it might not necessarily be a movie that you pick out. I think you really need to be in the mood uh, for it, uh, from my perspective at least. But again, it, it can surprise you in so many different ways. Um, but again, is it a typical chick chick flick? Not really. So if that is the only type of movies you want to watch or you enjoy, it might not necessarily be a movie for you. But of course, if you're into a good old comedy and a bunch of outstanding British actors, then yeah, see it. Go for it. Good, good, good. Well, that is Hot Fuzz, released in 2007, directed by Edgar Wright. Where can you watch this film? Well, you can get the DVD of it, if you ever saw Wish. You can get the Blu-ray of it, which I think this film would very well hold up on Blu-ray. And DVD to an extent, if, you, if you're into that kind of a format. It's also currently available, as recording of this podcast, available on Amazon Prime in the UK and Ireland. But I mean, yeah, Hot Fuzz is... It is definitely a see it. Uh, it's... I, as you can hear from the three of us, none of us are saying don't see it. Even if it's not for you, it's definitely worth a watch in some shape or form. And maybe see it or definitely see it. Um, it is that well-made, good action film. Its runtime is two hours and one minute. And it's definitely two hours well spent, that's for sure. Yep. Yep. And it's for the greater good. The greater good. The greater good. The greater good. So, let's wrap it up. This is been a, a wonderful chat with my co-hosts around the film Hot Fuzz. And, uh, sure, let's see it. Sure, let's see the next one. Let's catch it the next one. Let's w watch another film together. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you the next time, guys.